We have breaking news. Let's get right to it. The past 24 hours, we've seen 34 new cases of COVID-19 here in Utah. Following breaking news out of Utah, a magnitude 5.7 earthquake hitting just after 7 a.m. local time, about 10 miles west of Salt Lake City. We need 100 to 150,000 tests a day. What's going on, y'all? Shaman Dread, the number one chief rocker, and welcome to Isolation 20 Podcast, or ISO 20 if you want to keep it short, direct, and to the point, kind of built like me. Thank you for clicking play on whatever audio device you're listening to. If you are a frequent flyer of this podcast, I appreciate all your support and loyalty. If you are somebody that just stumbled upon this podcast and maybe you don't even know why you're here, thank you for being here. Take a, you know, take a seat, listen and uh and join us on this audio journey you might like the content and if you do consider subscribing writing a, a review and all that stuff we we appreciate all the support that we can get and that we get um today i have a special guest i had uh, the chance to sit down with uh my man db of the db and big buddha podcast of rock 107 or no i'm sorry 1067 and uh yeah guy's a a great father a great husband uh just an overall good dude and i feel like you get to hear that and see that in this in this uh in this conversation so i'm gonna shut up i'm gonna let you guys uh listen to it be sure to drop a comment like and all that good stuff if you have not subscribed to the youtube channel please subscribe we really appreciate all the love that we've been getting on that all right again i'm gonna shut up i'm gonna let you guys uh listen to this i hope you have a good day Cool. So, what is so is this? What is this? Is this the Flight Eighty Nine podcast? Is this the DJ Bad Hair Day podcast? What is this? This is ISO Twenty. This is Isolation Twenty podcast. This was another um, way for me to kind of create without having to figure a whole bunch of shit out. To be honest with you, um, Flight Eighty Nine was my second podcast that I've ever done. And those, those, that was with my, my homies, right? So KJ, uh, and Prince and, um, we're kind of taking, we took a hiatus. Uh, don't know if they'll ever come back, but we'll see what happens. I kept the platform there. Um, The band broke up. (laughs) The band broke up. Uh, no, we're still, we're still homies. I talk to them every day. Uh, It's just, you know, life happens. When I had my back surgery, we took a, a pretty long hiatus. It was like four months and um so this was kind of life happened um to some of us and you know it was kind of a a chance for us to work on other endeavors that we wanted to work on so kj he's working more on his film stuff he's working on like a short film and and things like that and prince is working on uh being a a baby daddy and you know (laughs) and so for me i was like i love podcasting like i've always loved i've always loved this form of art and and so i was like man we're now we're quarantined right now right so we're we i don't even want to go to the studio and 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 things like that so i brought the interface over to the crib and just created this this platform that we're episode eight right now and people are the 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 people are being receptive to it so to answer long story to your question our long answer to your question is this is isolation 20 podcast Oh, okay. Well, cool. <laughs> it's always rough when the band. It's always rough when the band breaks up, and so I've I've seen you. You know, I've followed you guys, the Flight Eighty Nine dudes, and uh, it's hard to coordinate three people getting together, and then there's always going to be one person who feels like they're doing most of the fucking work, and uh, maybe one guy or two other guys. or so, I don't know. It's hard, dude. That's why bands break up all the time. Yeah, right? And then they get the new lead singer, and they keep the same. That's the thing mm-hmm. is that I could have definitely kept, like, Flight 89. It was my birth child. Like, it's my baby and everything like that. But I was like, no, I, I think that's kind of corny to be like, it's kind of like the Fresh Prince, right? The Fresh Prince is, they did, they just cut off the the mom, right? They had the, the mom and then they just cut her off mid season. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is a brand new character. But yeah, so I, I didn't want to do that, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Well, dude, you got to grow. You yeah. got to grow. If, if you're not growing, you're stagnant and uh, change is good. Yeah. But I guess I should tell the people who who's on the other uh, side of this. Um, I got my man DB 
from damn you from a lot of different shit, but I I want to highlight the DB and Big Buddha podcast because I am a huge fan. I listen every Monday, and you guys get me through this damn quarantine. So salute to you, man, and thank you for for joining. I know we've been trying to trying to make this happen for a while now, and what better way than or what better time than during a quarantine? Totally, dude. Well, I think uh, I I think podcasting is. Dude, mo- first and foremost, I think podcasting is fun, and I say this, you know, I've worked in radio for a while, but but I say this to anybody, any fucking person who thinks they've got an idea for a podcast, I say do it. Yes. Do it. The very worst thing that can happen is that you're going to learn ab- learn more about computers, learn more about tech. And uh, which tech and computers are the same thing, but uh, <laughs> and, and and you're and you're gonna have fun. So yeah. I, I love podcasting. Yeah. Wh- so how did you even get into podcasting? Because you've been in radio what twenty plus years. Yeah, it's coming up on twenty four here uh, this summer. So uh, when I worked on ZHT, it was the first time I ever had exposure to uh, podcasting at all. And that was we would just take the MP3 files from from each day and start joining those and and putting those up. Around what year is every, this? Every day. Oh, this is that's got to be uh, fucking. I don't know. Easy uh, early. I I don't want to like be like I was podcasted before anybody, <laughs> but I think. Uh, and it wasn't like podcasting like this. It was literally just taking the on-air content from the radio program and putting that every day in an accessible online form. And I want to say probably around 2010 uh, or 11 or, mm. you know, but and and don't quote me on that, but but pretty early. And so, but that was, dude, that was no effort podcasting. Like I was doing zero editing. Uh, it, it was all just mixing mp3s um and then uploading files it was it was super super raw so that was my that was my first experience with it and uh and uh i you know actually yeah i'll say this and i don't care who's listening i've been saying since the very beginning of almost that that to to everyone i've worked with that we should do like an off-air more almost not r-rated but you know internet isn't regulated that you know just a more candid version of the on-air thing so i've been an advocate of this for a long time uh, i didn't ever get the balls to do it till just recently with uh buddha but it, it's so fun dude it's so fun you say get the balls to do that and i think that you i think that you get a better understanding of an individual like you and you and buddha are you know public figures and I feel like you guys carry a lot of weight in the city and in the state. Like people know DB, people know Buddha and to see you guys be yourself, or I should say, hear you guys be yourself on a platform that you created. That's phenomenal. You have to have big balls to do that. Well, dude, you know what? Uh, I'd be lying if I said that, you know, because we record together, but uh, I, you know, Buddha's way busier than me. Uh, so I do the editing and, you know, post the podcast from, you know, just here at my place. And, you know, dude, I know that we all talk about podcasting, like everybody wants to get a podcast so I can fucking keep it real. But, uh, you know, Buddha and I keep it pretty real, but there's still shit that, that I go back and I cut out, man. Cause I'm just Good. like, now the, now the world isn't ready for this yeah. or, you know, I mean, there are still things. You know, I believe in this medium being like, you know, however cool you want to make it sound raw, but there are still things, I I don't care where you are, there are still things that should be said, and maybe there are things that shouldn't be said. You know, I I make that choice as we're editing and getting ready to post each week. So, So, I mean, it is a pretty honest representation, but I think every person, every person, has maybe a little bit darker or maybe a little bit uncooler side that uh that uh you know people people don't really 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 i believe say everything they think fuck on no. podcast hell yeah. no yeah could you imagine you know, 
Oh, dude, no. I'd get <laughs> run out of this town. <laughs> I mean, I thought you were going to when you when you brought up Casey, but we'll leave that alone. Um, oh, dude, but you know what? Dude, I'm happy to talk about Casey Scott and his... Dude, I you know what? Um, I'm friends with that guy, and uh, and I really like that guy. And my whole thing has always been about him that, uh, you know... <laughs> That Shauna got a pass, and and I was and I thought that was bullshit. It was. I thought that was bullshit. Yo, but what what better perfect time for her to get the second DUI than during a quarantine? Dude, and nobody talked about this shit. Like it's gone. Yeah. Well, and you know I can't name names here, but I know quite a few TV people in the in the city, and I don't know from what I've heard. I don't know if she's coming back. And and to be honest, I really don't. I don't. Th- I don't think I don't think she should come back. You know, yeah. I mean, my man got two and he got clipped, yep. so she's had her two, and and uh, you know, it, it and Casey and and uh, and maybe Shauna, they're a good. You know, that's a good thing to for those of us that work in media. You know, you should look at Casey or or look at some of these people that are in broadcasting, and then you know they're they're not in broadcasting. And people miss it, dude. <laughs> like, people people are devastated when they lose their radio careers. People are destroyed when they are no longer able to be on TV. It's a why do you think that is? Do you think it's the the status, or do you think it's like financial? What what do you think it is that that makes people feel like they cannot like go on? Well, um, or they well, take I'm sure, it so Shauna. Hard. I'm sure you know. I'm sure. Someone like Shauna was making good money, but dude, this is this is an incredible stroke to your ego. Being on the radio every day is uh, it's wonderful. It's you know if people like it, if people don't like it, <clears throat> that sucks. Yeah. But uh, you know it's a wonderful feeling, and I'll tell you what, I've never worked with anyone in broadcasting who. I think isn't a person that deals with serious insecurity. I think all of us that are in broadcasting are people that maybe, you know, we, you know, weren't the cool kids or at least never felt that way. And, uh, you know, we're looking for validation from other people, you know? And, uh, I, th- I think there's, I, maybe not for everyone. Cause I know some really confident strong cool broadcasters like my man here in town uh uh tim hughes and and the guy that i work with at iHeartMedia, rod arquette but um i think everybody who's in broadcasting has a an insecure i want to be loved accepted side to them is there a sense of fear like just knowing the guys that i know on radio um i feel like at any moment you can you know, get terminated, whether if it's budget cuts or you're just not fulfilling the duty too well or or whatever it is. I feel like there's a sense of like anxiety of not knowing if you're going to have a job, you know, next quarter. Absolutely. Totally. Um, But I think that anybody can have that feeling, you know, I mean, anybody can lose their job at any time. Uh, in radio, so as long as I've been in it, um, we get what's called employment contracts. And that can be for, you know, X amount of years or, you know, yeah, it's usually a year or a few years. And, you know, a lot of people that I work with, a lot of people that I work with in radio uh, feel that, you know, that's more about the company, you know, covering themselves rather than you know taking care of you or giving you job security because you know i if you know if you fuck up they can get rid of you so i mean i I don't know i just i don't think there's really job security many places but but you definitely you definitely live in constant fear of you know the you know telling them telling you to hit the hit the bricks when i was Dude, when I was first, so think about this. So, 96, 97, I'm graduating Taylorsville High School. And before the year, before my senior year is out, I'm uh, I'm already working at Hot 94.9 with 
Salt Lake City legend, Dr. Doug, and, you know, Stevie Wonder, and, you know, uh, but, you know, Kayvon Moti, who now is yeah. the man over at Broadway. Yeah. Uh, he was working at Q99, so I was in that building. And, you know, back in those days, man, if you turned, so you're at your house or you're in your car, you turn the radio on and there is someone there in the building at the radio station, 24 hours a day, eight days a week, 366 days a year. There was someone always there. Hold on, excuse me. You know, like my first gig, the first job I ever had in a radio studio was playing Rick D's in the weekly top 40, which was just me sitting in a room uh, with four CDs. And I would literally push one button an hour for four hours. And, and, you know, and that was it. So back in the day, man, there were people always, always at the radio station, but uh, you know, there's, there's a lot less nowadays, you know, I mean, you really got to put out, you know, to, to be, you know, gosh, well, I don't want to, it is scary, man, but yeah. you got to perform, you know, I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta perform, uh, you gotta put up numbers and you gotta do well if you want to be on the radio or on television. So how do you just do, do you, you just do, how do you do that though? Like, I feel like you have to find that balance of like, obviously you have execs saying, yo, DB, don't be going too wild, but then you have you have viewers and listeners that are like, dude, I love what fucking DB does. I love the antics that he does. Not antics, but I love who he is. You know what I mean? And so how uh -huh. do you how do you kind of find that balance between satisfying, you know, your your folks and being who you are and following rules, I guess? Well, dude, you know, um, I'll, I, so I've worked for some really great people. Uh, um, my boss, Jeff McCartney at ZHT. He was a really cool guy. My 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 boss Stu, who's in charge of like all of uh, iHeart Media Salt Lake. Uh, my direct boss now, uh, Jeff. He, uh, you know, I, you know that I don't, I I don't remember too much throughout all of my career uh, of a feeling of being stifled. Um, they just you you don't want to be dirty for the sake of being dirty. You don't want to be graphic uh, to where you're taking an analogy or a description too far. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I just, I, I try and say things that I think are funny and yeah. it has worked out for me. So, I, cause I could see your, your, your dialogue with Becca, I feel like could kind of, kind of push it to where if a feminist heard this i i'm like damn db kind of crazy you know what i mean i don't know if well, i'm you know dude that you know dude uh yeah and uh working in a comedy situation with ladies like sometimes uh it is um a balancing act to try and uh not cross the line and uh yeah i absolutely i agree with you you know i mean there are totally things that uh that i've said to a lot of you know people and women on the air that be can could could be construed as not cool but uh you know becca is a becca is a good friend to me and uh we're good co-workers uh, like she's you know we enjoy each other is what i'm getting at yeah and uh and you know becca knows who she is and becca's playing her game too so yeah Definitely. How did you guys come up? How do how do you guys put together a, a show like the way the one that you guys have with uh, Hooker and, and her? Um, what do you mean, like placing of the people, like choosing who's on what show? Well, like just I guess the the whole creative process of saying like these are our three people, these are our three talents. This is what the show is type of type of thing. Because I feel like we see all these these shows and stuff like that, but I guess we don't really know the process of of creating that type of show. Well, dude, that is uh, you know, those are those are questions that uh like I don't make decisions like that, you know. I I'm the guy that they 
they, you know, they, they tell me where to go, you know, work and, and, and that's where I go work. They, uh, usually, usually like, so the, the morning shows that I've been a part of, there's a guy who's the host of the show who is kind of, uh, you know, the director of the momentum and direction of the show. And, uh, and then there's a, a funny, you know, a funny guy or maybe more of a, a rowdy adjutant. Uh, and that would be me. And then there's there's a, a lady and, um, you know, and and that's what obviously the role that Becca fills. So it, you want the dynamic of, uh, you know, you, you want to have a female Per, I can we just say this right now? I fucking hate using the word female. I hate using it. Uh, it, it, it sounds weird to me. It sounds it like you're talking about a pet or a dog. Like a lady. You usually, I like lady. Yeah. The, you, you, you want a lady on the show um, so, that, so that there's a, a feminine perspective. And, you know, and, and um, you know, Hooker's really, really funny guy. And he's also doing that host thing. And, and Becca is really, really hilarious. So that you just try and the main the main thing that you want is three people that have a fun energy together. And if I mean, if you're asking my opinion, and I'm assuming that you are, yes, um, <laughs> the energy in the room is the most the energy and chemistry between the people is the most important ingredient. Yeah. In my humble opinion. I would agree because you don't want something that's not organic. If it's not organic and it's kind of force fed, you could tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the people, the people got to enjoy each other. It's got to be a friendly atmosphere. How is, how is the gang doing with the quarantine? And obviously you guys are <laughs> no longer in the station, right? So how, how's, yeah, no, how's that? No, going? We're working we're working from home and uh the radio station by the way rock 1067 um but uh you know becca's a single mom and she's got two little boys uh most of the time so she's kind of climbing the walls from that perspective you know dude I, you tough. got little guys right you got yeah. little kids don't you dre yep i got a, i got two i got one that's uh, about to turn seven and i got one that's about to turn two yeah, dude. So you know how little kid. I mean, it's hard, especially when you're uh, home with them all the time. Yeah. But uh, they're great kids, and she's a great mom. So she's doing that, and uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. I just want to say to the everyone out there, I think she's single. So I don't know. I, I would uh, hope and, so. the The picture should be posted on on Instagram. I'm like that. This is she's definitely single. <laughs> she is she is putting out the vibe in those pics, is she not? Yeah, I'm like, okay, nobody wants your French toast. So everybody's looking at your bikini. <laughs> With your inflatable hot tub. <laughs> that's, that's fucking so dope. That that's so funny. We're gonna start a GoFundMe uh page for Becca so we can get a real hot tub. I know and, she uh, got a nice backyard too. Yeah, yeah, bro. It looks it looks like a lovely house. Um, Delightful. Hooker, my man, he lives, uh, he lives, uh, you know, out in Tooele County and, uh, he, uh, you know, man, he's, a uh, he plays his guitar. He works on his Jeep. He, uh, he does a lot of work, um, aside from the morning show in many other cities on the radio. So, you know, uh, he stays pretty busy doing that, but I, I think we're all definitely feeling the quarantine, bro, for sure. Yeah, man, it's 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 a it's a weird thing, man. And I seen I seen your post. I was gonna hit you up, but I was like, nah, fuck it. I'm gonna talk to him anyway. So, you you had you had your moment. You had your moment of, I guess I don't want to say defeat, but it it was kind of getting to you this quarantine. Um, yeah, dude. You know, I mean, uh, you know, dude. I just don't like so. You know, my dad was a cop, and uh, my mom was, uh, you know, well, mostly you know, that matters here is, like, my dad was a cop. So I remember from a young age the news being on television, and, and you know, it's stressing me out. And just with this kind of stuff happening in the world, that just adds another. So I stress about the same things that everybody else stresses about, you know, uh, 
staying healthy, making a living, taking care of my son, being a good husband. And, you know, and, and I don't know about you, dude, but I'm one of those people, like, I don't like it when the stock market falls off the edge of the table. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you just watch the news and you see all these people losing their jobs and people getting sick and dying in massive numbers. And, and dude, so, so being on the radio, you got to ingest a massive amount of news every day. And, uh, you know, sometimes taking that all in is, uh, it can, it can be heavy. And then, you know, not being able to leave your house. Uh, I assume you're talking about the video the other day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I was just like, I was having a bummer day and I, uh, dude, I tell you what, that's one of the reasons that, uh, I'm such an advocate for exercise and I'm such a fan of exercise because if you want to alter your mood naturally, if you want to feel better, there is, there is nothing better you can do than to, you know, go lift weights or, or, or get some cardio in. And, and that's what I did. The, actually, you know, so I posted that video, uh, talking about being bummed out and looking at, uh, you know, workout tips from people and, uh, I got some workout tips from this dude who's a pretty famous endurance racer. And yesterday I ran 10 miles in one day and, uh, Damn. you know, I, I felt better. I felt better. I just, you know, I, and you're typically dude, not I a cardio guy, right? You know, dude, I, 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 everybody hates cardio, but, uh, here's the thing, dude, I technically am a fucking fat guy. So <laughs> my, my body wants to be fat and I love food, anything that tastes good or feels good or anything. I just, I want more all the time. And so I don't love cardio, but you have to do cardio. Yeah. If you're if you're a bigger frame person like myself, then and, and you think that you're gonna get in shape without doing cardio, good luck. That's just not gonna happen. So, but but my I really do love lifting weights. But uh, but see, so here's how it works, bro. You you do a bunch of cardio, and you trim down and you lose weight and. <sighs> And then you're looking at yourself in the mirror one day and you're like, yeah, but I look small. And then you start lifting weights and eating food until you get like you, you maybe can put on 10 or 15 pounds or whatever. And then you're like, okay, but now I look fat. And then you start <laughs> the whole thing over again. And it's, uh, that's kind of the vicious fitness cycle that I, that I get into. Have you always been into fitness? You know, uh, no, dude, no, I, uh, I didn't know anything about anything that, uh, until I uh, played, and I use the word played very loosely, very uh, generously, played uh, football in high school. And that was the first exposure to like lifting weights and anything that I had. And, and from there, and, and, I, and I grew to love it in that setting with those people, and it's been a part of my life ever since. And you were a warrior? Yep, yep, a Taylorsville Warrior. Terrible Traditionally, football team. No, Terrible. no, you're totally wrong. Traditionally, a <laughs> 5A powerhouse here in Salt Lake County. Baseball. Uh, baseball, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, here, here's all you need to know about Taylorsville football. I was on the team. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. You made yeah, it. I got, a, I got a jacket in the other room. So if they'll take me, uh, they'll take anybody. Have you uh have you taken any uh jujitsu classes with Connor or what? No, dude, and I want to so bad. I really, really do. Uh, but didn't Berkeley have... give you a pass? Didn't he say come to my no. gym? Well, dude, I went to his gym, but his the thing I went to his gym was more of like an MMA, just like an overall MMA kind of thing. Uh -huh. And um so my son goes to uh, a jujitsu gym, and that's all they do is jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu, and uh, I would love to do that. But um, so I've had two rotator cuff surgeries on my left arm, and and my right shoulder has a, like a level three separation. And uh, dude, I know that. So again, I'm a person of excess. And so I know there's no way that I could go take a jujitsu class and be like half speed. And these guys, if you've ever been into a jujitsu gym, 
the dudes that go there all the time, they are fucking hard asses. And, and th this is what they'll hit you with, Dre. They'll say this all the time. They're like, oh, nobody gets hurt. Uh, <laughs> you can tap out whenever you want. And then, like, one of the guys that uh, was a, my son's coach, he works at, like, an office, like, with a tie at an office. And this guy had a black eye that would make you think he got hit by a car for, oh, for, for weeks at a time. So I would love to do it, but those guys, those guys would pull me apart like warm bread. I yeah, I'm just too, I, and I'm down to my last good <laughs> set of arms. So no. How's he liking it though, dude? He likes it. They've been on hiatus for a while, obviously because of the corona. Yeah. But uh, but he likes it, man. I dude, I I want uh, I want my son to learn that shit. Because I want him to always be able to say no in any situation. And and it's more about building his self-confidence than it is about fighting. But uh you know, every you know, I'm no uh fighter by any means, but everything I do know about fighting or what I hear is that when the shit goes down, people that have been practicing usually come out on top. So Yep. I just try and arm my son with that kind of, that kind of action. But dude, yeah. But I would love to. I would. You know what? But I, I'm sure I'd be a fucking douchebag about it. Cause I'd be, I'd probably go to the gym and then like about six months in, I'd start wearing t-shirts <laughs> and 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 sweatpants and uh, I'd probably be one of those guys that like shaves my head like all the time and obviously does it at home by myself because oh it's just. You know, it's easier in the in the gym, bro, with my hair like this. I guarantee I'd be douchey, over the top jujitsu guy. I guarantee it. Did you ever wear affliction? <laughs> I had. Okay, so hold up. So I had one affliction T-shirt, and I'll and I'll tell you why. How many times? How, they how were many like, bedazzles were on it? How many jewels did you have on it? No, I never had anything bedazzled. <laughs> but uh, it was it was because that shit was like seventy bucks a shirt, bro. God damn. 70 bucks a sh so i just had one that had like a skull grim reaper guy hanging on to a chain link fence <laughs> what the fuck? And, and he was like staring at you through a chain link fence hey bro fashion's a motherfucker all right what you know what, what about <laughs> what about these guys have you seen these cats in the nba right now that are that are what's up with the like waist high bell bottoms that are popping right now? Man, I have no idea. Once I seen once I seen Westbrook showing his navel, I was like, eh, this ain't for me, dude. Do you know what I'm talking about? The like LeBron pants and yep. the yeah, they're like it's almost like a denim skirt. <laughs> it's accurate, dude. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, don't judge, don't judge Jeff Lowe too harshly. <laughs> Back in the day. Back in the day, there was a lot of people wearing affliction shit. And you know what? They were cool. They For were 10 all douchebags. No, no, but dude, no, they weren't. There all was a time them. when... No, they were cool. What are you... How old were, are you, They were Dre? top heavy. How, how old are you? I'm 30. You're... Okay. So I got STDs older than you. <laughs> uh, no. No, you don't remember, bro. You don't remember what it was like back in the day at Portacall downtown with your affliction shit on maybe ooh, or maybe or maybe you're gonna wear affliction and true religion jeans ooh, and then you have the ed hardy hat no <laughs> von dutch ooh, ooh, and you smell like the von dutch cologne too much of it oh, I, oh man dude if you're gonna wear cologne go big go big not too heavy though damn yeah, protocol like though man Protocol was, uh, yeah. so I didn't get to experience protocol because I moved, when I got back to Utah in 05, I was like 16, I think, 16 or something like that. And um, at the time I was, I was doing flyering and stuff um, for Adam and, and, uh, and Pierre. And that was like the, the place to be was protocol. And I remember seeing it on the corner cause it was right kitty corner to um, the bay, uh, in the venue? Oh, Not, yeah, I love the Bay. The bay. Love the Bay. I've, I've been going to the Bay for 25 years. <laughs> Have you ever been shot at at the Bay, though? No, no, no. Why Why would that happen? <laughs> that definitely happened to me. 
What? Well, well, you're a fucking G. What were you? Were you getting out of a car with Tupac? What? I was hosting. I was hosting a gig for Yuck Mouth out of the Bay Area. He was a Bay Area legend. Okay. You know, I got five on it. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, they were shooting up in the air. It was, it was kind of really. Yeah. I, you know, I'm shocked because everything I've heard about Yuck Mouth, mellow crowd. Yeah, <laughs> mellow, super mellow. Oh shit! Doesn't Yuck Mouth? Doesn't he host a soup kitchen every Sunday? I mean, the, <laughs> this is this is shocking to me. It's a great human being. I, I'm sure he is. I'm hey, sure he is. I, I do want to say though, you should stop picking on your wife. Um. Oh gosh, man, you're making me sound like a pig. Like every woman in my wife life is getting it. Uh, okay, okay. Give me an example of picking on my wife. Uh, man, she tell is, me what you're talking. She is enjoying a nice day. Obviously, it's early in the morning. She's into into her yoga. I'm assuming Pilates. Oh, oh, you mean that Facebook Live video? And she's she's chilling. She's good. The dog's in there. She's doing her dog yoga. Everybody's okay. happy. In the words okay. of in the words of Buddha, it's a delightful day. It is delightful. And this asshole. Um, <laughs> hey, so okay, just to be clear for everyone, I don't have a problem with women. Um <laughs> but uh so so let me ask you a question, buddy. Yeah. Do uh do you so do you have a wife or a girlfriend that you live with? Yeah, pretty much my wife. Okay. Pretty much okay. seven years. Well, bro. Ladies, ladies love that. You got to tease them every now and then. You got, you got, you got to show these ladies who's in charge, buddy. They, uh, they, they like it. Yeah, I'm definitely not doing that to my girl. She went. What, with dude? So, do you not tickle your girl? Do you guys do you not have tickle fights? Do you tickle your kids? Like, oh yeah, yeah. What about your wife? I try what to make you, her pee. What, I try. So to. that's all I was doing. That's all I was doing was giving her a little bit of, a little bit of that. No, dude, you know, um, ah, dude, with my wife, uh, with my, uh, with my son, uh, with the people that I work with, you know, dude, I'm just, I'm a guy that runs hot. And if you know, the people that are around me are the people that, uh, get it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but dude, I, if I didn't like you, I wouldn't tease you. Yeah. So, no doubt. You guys, mm-hmm. have, you guys have a beautiful relationship, man. I see, you know, you, you really started the podcast off talking about her boobs and that kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> but you, you get the dynamic, you get the dynamic between you and your wife. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that is beautiful. I think that you are, um, an example husband and an example father, kind of like you said, like I tried to be the best that I can be. And I appreciate that. I, I really didn't appreciate husbands and wives until I got my family. Dude, it is the it is the absolute greatest blessing uh I think that 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 someone can have and um you know uh I love my wife so deeply and uh the night I met my wife was one of the f- it it was probably the funnest night I ever had out partying um and she quickly became my best friend and we rapidly fell in love and my greatest wish for my son is that he meets someone and has a relationship close to what I have with his mother. And I'll tell you what, uh, I, I, I don't talk about him a lot, but I've got a brother who is passed away and my biggest regret for my brother is that he never found love like what I have with my wife and, and you know, and I'm very, I'm very, very fortunate. I'm very fortunate because I am not an easy person to be around all the time. And sometimes I'm just full on unpleasant mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and she's a great, great lady. And, you know, uh, I just, you know, dude, I just, uh, I just celebrated four years without having a drink and that would not have been possible without my wife. A lot of support. How did you Amazing, guys meet? bro. Amazing, bro. Amazing support. Un- unreal. That's I'm sorry, awesome. dude, what, 
What'd you say, buddy? No, I was just saying, uh, how did you guys meet? I know you said that a party, but was it like like a party party, well, bar or something? No. So during the Urban Meyer years at the University of Utah, um, uh, the radio station, uh, we, were, we would be down in the tailgate lot um, for every home game. And, um, and I would go up and I would have tickets to the game and we would, you know, party and have a great time and, you know, just tailgate. And I was up there. It, so actually the, the day that I met her, my, my brother and I had been chilling at my house, killing beers all day, you know, just watching college football. And my buddies rolled by my house and they were like, Hey man, we're going up to the U game. We're going to go tailgate. Why don't you come with us? And I almost didn't go. I was just going to stay there on the couch and, you know, hang out with my brother the rest of the evening. And my brother, Philip, was like, nah, man, you should go. You should go. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just going to hit Beto's and probably pass out. And, uh, and uh, so I went up partying, uh, having a great time. And, you know, like my tight circle of friends were with me. And uh, I was backing up. You know, I was having a conversation, probably smoking a cigarette, and I was backing up, and I bumped into someone, and I turned around, and it was uh, Nicole, who uh, that night we continued to party and stay together, and um, yeah, we just bumped into each other up at the U, turned around, we started talking, and basically we've been together ever since. Damn. How many how many years have you guys been together and, and been married? Sixteen years, um, in uh on June twenty eighth. And we lived so we met. Three months later we moved in together. Three months after that we were married. Wow. And then what, four years later Connor came? Yeah, yeah. Because I was getting worried that she was gonna leave. So I figured, okay, <laughs> I gotta let's shoot get her the club pregnant. Up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I gotta shoot the club up. We gotta we gotta set it off. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what you gotta do. Like if you're if you're feeling worried that your girl's gonna leave, got you know, tell her you wanna have a baby. That's what I did. Let's have a baby. Yeah. God, I love you. You know what? I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's that's a, that's like a fairy tale type of uh, you know I bumped into her we were friends yeah well you know it sounds good but you know we had you know we've had our uh, ups and downs and the and the majority of the downs you know all of the downs really were you know my bad but uh, dude we're good we're good I'm dude seriously that's and I don't want to be corny but uh, you know that's my that's my greatest wish. Not only for my son, but for everyone. I, I, I hope everyone finds what, uh, you know, you know the love that I have with Nicole. I, I'm very lucky, man. I don't, I don't want to go on and sound like a cheese dick, but I'm, I'm a very, <laughs> very lucky man, and I, uh, I absolutely acknowledge it. How is the, how's the, the, the home life do, with quarantine? Are you guys getting on each other's nerves yet? You guys doing things a that you guys bit. haven't done? <laughs> um, no, a li- dude. What I. <laughs> So I yelled at my son the other day or whatever. So, so, <laughs> what could okay, he have so, done to make you mad or not yell? yell at him, not yell at him. But OK, so you got you got little ones yep. and my son's 11 and your guys like seven. So maybe not quite the same thing yet. But you know that kids kids will be like they give you every detail about every thought they're having. Yep. And so, so my son sometimes will be telling me something. I'll be like, I don't need to know all this. Just tell me what the point is. Yeah, get to it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't need to know how you earn the money for the Diamond Casino heist. Just tell me about the Diamond Casino heist. Yeah. So, and then, uh, and then, Dad, and then I, and mm-hmm. then. <laughs> uh huh. Well, dude, I'll tell you what. And that's not, you know, talking about people in radio and in media. That, you know, when you talk for a living, that's something that is very irritating when you're talking with people, uh, well, let's call them just civilians, that people are like, that that their story doesn't move along quickly, or 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 you feel like, oh my gosh, come on, wrap it up, get to the punchline, <laughs> I don't care, we, we gotta check traffic and get out of here, yeah, yeah, that's a real thing. So I don't yell at myself. Well, yelling is a bad way to say it. But sometimes I'm like, get to the point, buddy. Get to the point. (laughs) 
So 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 a little bit of that going on. Um, dude, it's just you know we're three people that are locked in a house together. So <laughs> it's you know it's it's a uh, a little bit on each other's nerves, but you know for the most part, no, no, did, I'm did, not. I'm uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, did he uh, feel the earthquake? No, he didn't. He slept through the whole thing. What about you? I was in the studio at Rock 1067, and uh, uh, sh- yeah, dude, the whole thing started shaking. Like it was that was crazy. I've never experienced anything like that. So you're you're live. Were you live on? Like were you guys recording and everything at that time? No, we had just gotten out of a break, and we were like in a song or a commercial, and uh, you know, it just it it the room just started moving. And uh, it, dude, we were all we were all pretty scared. We were all pretty scared. Uh, Becca had a breakdown. She was very scared. Damn, well, like she was the guy the holding, like the guy holding the bullets in Saving Private Ryan, kind of a breakdown. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah, bro. It was it was it was scary, and 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 rightfully so. That's a very terrifying thing. Yeah, I'm uh. I'm not. I'm not making fun of her. I just. I. I. I thought it was funny because I've never. I. I mean, have you ever really seen someone like really lose it? <laughs> it was. It was. A, it was a trip. It's. It's. Dude, earthquakes are scary. It's scary. Yeah, the planet. This, this here's the thing, man. The the planet is fucking moving, and we go about our day like like this shit's normal. I mean, and it is, but the Earth just shook. I feel like we should chill for a minute. Let's 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 take this in. <laughs> Well, I watched a documentary recently called Death Valley, excuse me, Death Valley Aliens. And um, apparently the earthquakes that are being experienced all over the world are from the underground battle between the aliens that live underground and the human forces that are fighting them. That would be some shit. Yeah. So and I don't know what's after that because I fell asleep. (laughs) But uh but yeah, you go ahead and Google that. You'll be able to figure it out yourself. Death Valley aliens. Yeah, dude, earthquakes, scary, scary, you, scary, scary. Do you believe in aliens? Totally, one hundred percent. Why? What makes you believe in extraterrestrials? Um, because well, we don't. Have, I mean, there's no evidence, right? We there's some. There's no evidence that they're letting us see, man. <laughs> Were you one of the um, ones that was trying to rush Area Fifty One? No, and uh, no, no, but I did like seeing that happen. Dude, I did. I don't know. The conspiracy, yes, I believe in aliens, and uh, I believe, you know, I mean, when you look at all the planets and all the stars and the ever-expanding massiveness of, like, that's not even a word that is close to the, 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 the universe is so big, it's... I think it's been said that it's a mathematical certainty that there's there's alien life. And I read a story just last week, if I'm not mistaken, that they just found another planet. Uh, I don't know uh, what how many light years away it was, but they just found some other kind of Earth-type planet with water and plants and, you know, uh, I, I believe they said plants. And, you know, I mean, think about that, bro. That right there. If there's even a plant on another planet, that that in and of itself is life. Yeah. Have you heard the theory of aliens being us just light years ahead? Oh, totally. Like a Prometheus kind of thing? Yeah. Like we're the genetic engineer guinea pig pets of the aliens? Yep. I could see some shit like that, like the Truman Show type shit. Oh, where they're watching us? Yeah, definitely. You know, bro, I don't... I don't know, like, I don't have a personal theory about, like, what I think really is the, like, situation. But I, but I definitely, I, I definitely, you can quote me on this. I definitely believe that there are aliens, and I definitely believe that governments of the world have had contact with them and are possibly working with them. That is a... I approve this message. Yeah, that that's where I'm at with that. What if some of our leaders in government were aliens? Dude, people said that about Barack Obama. People said, said he was the of, Antichrist. 
Yeah, well, those people, those people, the ones who called him the Antichrist, they were racist. The ones that called him an alien, they were paranoid. <laughs> yeah, I heard somebody, I was at like a backyard party just drinking beer one night, and I heard some guy going off, just going, because I used to have this group of friends that had the most like out there theories, like just to sit and party with these people. It was so like, Tarantino down the rabbit hole of conversational conspiracy, just blah, blah, blah. And this guy one time went off. He's like, yeah, he's a lizard. He's one of the lizard people. And like, even like pulling up his phone and like, look, he's got four eyelids or some shit. That's weird as fuck. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but then I also heard a podcast with like, this uh, Navy SEAL cat or, you know, you hear about people that meet Barack and he's like the coolest, coolest person ever. So I don't know how you could be a reptile alien and be perceived by most people as the coolest person they've ever met. Have you ever seen Barack not cool? Like Barack has always been cool. You never see him lose his cool media or anything like that. Ever. No, dude, because he's educated and he's an adult and he's, you know, yeah, uh, dude, no, can dude. So I listened to this podcast where they were interviewing the Navy SEAL who shot and killed Osama bin Laden. And this guy was talking about Barack, uh, President Obama coming into the room and and this guy just breaking it down how. You know, this is a room full of Navy SEALs, high-ranking government officials, generals, and uh, and the, the guy's name is Robert O'Neill. I'm sure you can Google it. You don't need me to tell you. But just talks about President Obama coming into the room and just owning that shit. And, like, and not like in an alpha male way, but in the way when someone comes into a room and everyone is like, I want that person to like me or I want their approval. Ah, you, you know, you could just yeah. feel that, that coolness coming off them. Why didn't you ever get into the military or law enforcement with your, your father and your grandfather being in both? Um, dude, my dad, uh, so I went down to a Marine recruiting office one time and Dude, I just knew right away that that wasn't for me. You know, that's just that that wasn't my life. I have uh, so much respect for the military. So my grandfather, my my father's father was in the Navy during World War Two. Uh, my father did two tours of duty in Vietnam. My mom's father was in the Air Force in World War Two, uh, like flying bombing missions over over Europe. Um my brother was in the Navy. My sister was in the Army. Uncle's in the, my uncle was in the Coast Guard. I, I have so much admiration for the military, but it just wasn't for me, man. It just, I, yeah. I almost, and you know what? And you could tell, I'm sure, by my tone and delivery that, you know, there's a little bit of shame, I think, that I carry, that I didn't join the military. And I was going to ask you that, if you feel like like you were supposed to, like, you feel like you let anybody down for not going that path? Um, I don't know if I'd use the word let down, but I'll tell you this. Uh, I bet, gosh, I don't know, man. That That's, I bet my dad would have liked that. You know, that, you know, my family's got a pretty long military tradition and, uh, I, I'm sure my dad would have liked it liked to, for me to be join the marine i mean he took me down there he was in the army so he probably wanted me to be in the army but you know at that point in my life man that just no they, it wasn't for me i i'm sure it would have made my dad happy but uh yeah i couldn't i couldn't do it and maybe i just feel a little guilty because i feel like maybe everyone should do something but uh but uh yeah i didn't and uh yeah, I guess I do feel a little guilty about not serving at all in the military. But bro, dude, these Marine Corps guys, they were so hardcore. I, I went into this I went into this recruiting office and I don't wanna like 
I don't want to badmouth anyone, so I won't go into the story, but I just, I spent 20 minutes in this recruiting office and I was like, I do not want to be alone with these guys. I don't want to have to shower with these guys. I don't want to have to use a bathroom with these guys. Like I, dude, from a, from a being a, a tough guy male, I felt like I wouldn't be able to hang with them. And so yeah, I, what was this? Was this still late nineties? Are we are we in the two thousands at this point? Oh no, it was, dude. It was late nineties. No, still that was during my senior year. So man, I got into radio in ninety six, ninety seven, and I have never looked back. Never looked back. I I don't have another plan. Uh, I've never gone to school or received any kind of training for anything other than radio. Uh, so who know, put the radio is what I do. Who put Pardon? the bug in your ear for, for radio? Like, who inspired you, know, you to get into radio? Um, You know, uh, I listened to a radio station that was around here in Utah in the 90s called Q99. And, uh, and uh, you know, man, I so my mom, my parents always listen to music, so the radio was on. And as you get older and you're a teenager and, you know, you start finding your own music and your own vibe and radio stations that uh you know i just i i found music and then i found djs and then i found morning shows that were funny and clever and i remember sitting in my car so way back in the day here in utah there was a morning show called Cono and mccormick uh, or Cono and simmons and simmons was the guy who got caught uh on videotape doing something not cool at the mall but uh Kano and Simmons they were these two guys they did a morning show and I remember one morning riding to work with my mom and this woman had called into the radio station and she was bitching at him she's like you guys are dirty and you're and you're terrible and you say horrible things on the and she this woman just goes on and on and on and on and and these guys on the air are like they're just like you're right we're sorry and they're just agreeing with her <laughs> and they're just going along because i still remember this phone call vividly and we were in my mom's van and uh the the guys are just like yeah you're right we'll do better we'll try harder and by the end of the phone call the woman's like well well okay you guys have a nice day that they let the woman go and as soon as they hung up the phone both guys were like bitch <laughs> And, uh, dude, and, and that, and then, uh, you know, there's a couple guys on the radio in this town still that were dudes that I listened to on the radio when I was younger. And, you know, I just, I like getting back to the part of our conversation, you know, I, I've never been a, a cool person, uh, particularly cool. And I'm sure I have a lot of insecurities and, you know, I want people to like me. And I think I'm funny. And so I listened to these people on the radio and I was like, this is fucking awesome. I want to be on the radio. And, and you know, that's, that's just how it goes, bro. I remember very clearly just like, I love this. These guys are funny. That's what I want to do. So once you got, once you got onto the radio, what was like, how did you keep, um, I guess having new goals for yourself. Like, were you just like, I just want to be on air talent. I don't like what, what, what goals did you have to, to in the radio business? I guess starting out. Well, dude, I, uh, you know, man, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the flaws I've had in my life is a, a good portion of time where I didn't have other goals. You know, there was a good, more than 10 years where I was really comfortable and, and not pushing myself. And, uh, you know, I, you know, there were, there were times where I just got stagnant and, you know, uh, I didn't, there was a long time. I didn't have any goals. My goal was not getting fired or my goal was, you know, just, you know, making it day to day. And, uh, you know, only just the past, like maybe five ish years, you know, like, uh, like the show. So the show that hooker and Becca and myself, the, we have the privilege of doing, uh, we're on in a few other cities uh, around the country. 
Yeah, well, that's not syndicated because I don't want to sound like I'm trying to sound big time because it's not syndicated. Um, but we're on in a few other cities uh, around the country. And and I want, you know, now I have the goal of I want to add more cities. And there's, you know, I want to, you know, dude, I'm not, it's kind of a weird thing because I don't, it's it's not like I want to be a rich and famous celebrity because I, I, cause I don't. But I just want to do well, and and I want to, I, I want to, I want to accomplish more stuff, and and I think, you know, I'm a big fan of Russell Wilson, and you know the why not me, you yeah. know his whole that thing because I think that's something a lot of people could, you know, there are people that are less smart and less driven out there in the world doing what you want to do, mm-hmm. and the only difference between you and them is the you know, they had the courage to maybe even be a dick and just go get what they wanted. And so, you know, I, I want to exp- I want, I want to do as much as I can, man. Uh, sure. I want to be on the radio all over the country if I could. I think that's a great goal. I think it's doable too. You know, and, uh, and, you know, and I want to keep uh, the podcast with Buddha going and, you know, I, I, and I want, and, and I don't know how people make money with podcasts, but, uh, and maybe, maybe we never will make any money with that, but I'm okay with that because I just like doing it just to do it because Buddha is my homie and, uh, we have a good time doing it and, um, some people seem to enjoy it. So, you know, I love doing that too. And I put a lot of effort, we put a lot of effort into that as well. Yeah, I think that you guys, I mean, you guys, the biggest thing with you guys is that you guys are consistent. You guys have been consistent over 100 episodes, over a year doing it. You know, I, I'm really proud of you guys. And I say that, I say that as a homie and I say that as a consumer too. Like, to see you guys, the, where you guys started and where you guys are now, it's it's awesome. It's really dope. Oh, dude, you know, thank you. Thank you very much. And you know, I, dude, I try really hard, you know, I want to, you know, we, we, we work really hard and I'll tell you what, there are weekends where it's not easy. You know, sometimes I, you know, I don't know how much editing you do to the stuff that, that you put out, but, uh, there are sometimes I listen to the whole thing all the way through twice ish, you know, going through just listening to it and making sure that I like the way it's moving. Um, if there's a comment or a conversation that I think is a little too far, you know, maybe move that out or massage it or whatever. But, you know, we put a lot of effort into it. So it's, you know, if we, we want to do a good job, we want it to be entertaining. It's, it's absolutely not just us opening the mics and, and saying whatever comes to our mind. We, we, we try and thank you for saying that. Yeah. Keep it coming. Um, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to to podcast with me today. Hopefully, oh, we can man. do it more. Uh, sure. Thank you for helping me with this technology too. There was we at the very beginning we were like, oh, what's going on? There was some feedback and stuff, but DB uh, made it happen. You know, dude. Uh, what, let me ask you a question. What, what what's your what's your what is your day job? What is your so. I know that I see you all over social media and you've got a few podcast projects that you, that you work on. You seem to always be in the mix. Uh, what, what do you do? What, what pays Dre's mortgage? <laughs> um, I actually work for a, a healthcare company. Uh, that's my nine to five. Yeah. I'm not going to say the name just in case, but yeah, uh, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> but yeah, I work for a healthcare company, um, out of California, I do um, scheduling and registration. You're a doctor. No, 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 no. You have to call me Dr. Dre. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's trademark. Don't do that. That would be cool, though. But uh, no, yeah, I, I do uh, billing, uh, scheduling and registration for a healthcare company. And oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I DJ. That helps pay the bills. Obviously, it's not paying the bills right now because everything's closed, but. Yeah, that's really how I pay my bills, and then obviously the helping out with podcasts. 
well, that's cool. That's cool that you have something that you have to do, <laughs> and then you have a passion that you choose to do. So, you know, that's awesome. Hey, uh, I apologize if I rambled on and took uh, too much of your time. I appreciate you speaking with me, and I love, I know Buddha feels the same way. Uh, we love what you're, all the content you're putting out. So you, you flatter us with any attention at all. I appreciate it, my brother. Um, let's, uh, let's get on, let's get on a podcast again and we can, uh, chop it up about some other stuff too. I wanted, I wanted the people to get to know you and one for me to, to, to get to know DB a little bit more too. the father, the husband, the colleague, the, the, the male chauvinist pig. (laughs) Hey, uh, hey, say, I, say I, female I, for me one time. No, just like, <laughs> I won't. I hate that word. I hate that word. Would you? Would I hear people say the word female? I'm like, well, are you gonna roll her over and check? What the fuck? That's such How do a you disgusting know? Word. Yeah. No, it's that said. No. Hey, thank you, Dre. Uh, I just want to say really quick. Um, please listen every morning here in Salt Lake to Rock 106.7 and. Uh, Thank you very much, man. You take it easy. All right. Talk to you later.